Blackbirds, Volume 1, Episode 2. Written by Andre Philip Coleman. Town Square. The clock on top of the Monarch Movie Theater says 9 p.m. The marquee reads, Rebel Without a Cause. Air conditioning. Coloreds admitted at 4 and 7.30 p.m. Showings only on Wednesday. There is a long line to get into the Monarch. People fan themselves with stiff cardboard makeshift fans while they stand in line. Roger's Malt Shop is nearby, as well as Johnson's Department Store, the biggest store in town and the only one with two stories. It's similar to Montgomery Ward's. The Crescent Kings, Lincoln's group, is singing outside of the theater. There is a whites-only drinking fountain behind them, and all of the shops have some variation of a we-don't-serve-Negroes sign. Despite the obvious racist signs, a mixed crowd of black and white people enjoy the singing. The girls swoon over Lincoln. He steps forward and takes the lead in the song. Louis Buchanan, white, well-dressed, listens nearby. He likes it. Allie. Two white teenagers beat the hell out of Milton, an African-American teenager. Frankie, 17, White with a full face of zits, watches nearby. He holds a small brown paper bag. Milton struggles to get to his feet. You want to leave this alley, boy? You're going to have to crawl like Frankie places the bag on a trash can and steps forward and kicks Milton hard in the ribs. <clears throat> Milton makes a horrid sound as the wind leaves his body. <laughs> Give it to me. Frankie's lips curl into an evil smile as one of the other boys tosses the brown paper bag to him. Frankie catches it and kneels next to Milton's broken and beaten teenage body. Admit it, you was looking at that white girl, wasn't you? Frankie slaps Milton in the back of the head, almost playfully. His friends pass around a flask as they giggle. It's okay. He slowly opens the bag. You just like every other colored boy in Dernier. You want to be white. Well, don't worry. I'm going to help you be white. Frankie pours the contents of the bag over Milton's head. The flower rains down on him, covering his dark hair. The boys turn him over, and Frankie pours the rest of the bag on his face and uses the bag to rub it into his skin. As they leave, Milton manages to make it to his feet. 
downtown. The Crescent Kings are still singing. Hold it. Wait, 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 wait. Somebody get some help. Y'all hear that? Milton stumbles out of the alley and falls to the ground. Almost immediately, the white people in the crowd disperse. The black folks stick around to help him. Milton, who did this to you? As if on cue, Frankie and his friends drive by in their hot rod as they laugh and carouse. Lincoln stares at the car as it drives off in the distance. That motherfucker. He grits his teeth as he realizes white people are watching him. A white police officer approaches him. Get that boy over to the other side of the street. We gotta get him to the hospital. You get your dark behinds off my sidewalk right now. Lincoln looks at the sign. It says, White's Only Sidewalk. Department store. Robert is nervous as he walks through Johnson's department store. He is in awe of all the things they sell. Several ladies clutch their purses as they hurry towards the exits. Peeling paint now, in those drab walls? Head on over to our paint department at Johnson's Department Store. We can keep your house bright and white. I'll do my shopping from someplace else from now on. He comes up on an escalator and stares at it for several seconds like it's a foreign object. Finally, he sees a white man and his wife step on, and he nervously follows. Robert wobbles a little bit as the escalator begins to ascend. The couple looks at him nervously and step up a few steps. He grips the rails tightly as it takes him to the next floor. The families on the descending escalator can't believe their eyes. Women grip their purses tighter and pull their children close to them as they move away from the rail. Now what in the hell? I guess no place safe nowadays. Robert steps off the escalator and stares at the expensive suits. He looks down at his old worn sports coat as he realizes the clothes in the rack puts everything he owns to shame. He looks at the price tag and is astonished. Housewares. Robert stares at a doily. Now what the hell kind of napkin is this? It's full of holes. Do you have business in this store, boy? I'm looking for the television sets. TV sets? I made a buy one. The security guard stares at him for a few seconds and chuckles. <laughs> You're here to buy TV. The eyes of every customer are on Robert. You do sell television. Yeah, we sell them all right. Finally, a salesman walks over. Can I help you? The security guard steps back, but he doesn't leave. Instead, he locks his eyes on Robert and keeps his hands near his nightstick. 
we could keep your house. So y'all do serve colored people. Robert is still watching the security guard. Yes, we do. The colored business is always welcome at Johnson's department store. The salesman points to a sign above his head and smiles. It's a racist caricature of a black man, complete with huge eyes and big red lips parted into a huge smile and in bright red letters it says, We serve colored people. The artwork looks like Al Johnson in blackface. I like to buy a TV. The security guard behind him shakes his head with a look of disgust on his face. Several customers chuckle at the idea of a black man buying a television. I beg your pardon? Robert starts to feel nervous. I'm not trying to make any trouble. It, it's fine. It's just that uh, in the year since we started serving colored customers, I never had a Negro come in here and purchase a television. The salesman looks around as if he's waiting for something. His manager comes out and motions for him. Uh, just a moment, please. The salesman walks over to his manager. Robert fidgets a little as the security guard stands close by watching his every move. You just relax and stay right there. And don't touch anything. It looks as if the salesman disagrees with whatever his manager tells him. The manager gestures to Robert. Finally, the salesman comes back over. I don't see why we can't accommodate you. Excuse me? Please, come on, step this way. Color television section. The salesman looks back over at his manager as he leads Robert over to the televisions. Several of the customers follow them along with the security guard. There are rows of televisions. Robert walks over and stands in front of the televisions in a... leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities. Robert looks back at the televisions as he leaves that department and enters... Black and white televisions. The picture on these sets are of a lesser quality. These are our second-hand models, not too expensive, and they work. I like the other ones. Robert points to one of the color sets he saw earlier. Those are very expensive. I think one of these is more... How much is it? Well, these are $25. Not these. How much are those over there? You have to understand, you're talking about a very expensive set. They start at $45. I was thinking I could pay on time, pay some now, and pay the rest later. The salesman thinks it over for a few seconds. So, you do have some money with you? I do. Well, I don't think that'll be a problem. Just step over here, you need to fill this out. Robert takes a pencil and starts to answer the questions. That's a lot of questions. I know there are a lot of words there. If you need some help, I just... I can read just fine. The manager comes over. Martin, what's going on? This is the uh, colored man I spoke to you about, Mr. Uh... The salesman looks at Robert's name on the credit card application. McCray here is buying a television set. He's getting the new Magnavox color set. I need to speak to you for a few seconds. The two of them step away out of earshot of Robert and talk for several seconds before walking back over to Robert. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, sir, but, uh... 
we will not be able to provide you with credit at this time. But you just got through saying it wouldn't be no problem. We don't extend credit to Negroes. You got a sign, right? That says you serve colored people. We do serve colored people, but we don't let them buy on time. It's uh, too risky. Maybe you can afford a second-hand set. I don't want something that's going to break down as soon as I take it out of the box. The salesman backs away as if he is in fear. Please, sir, calm down. If you have the $45, we are more than willing to sell you a set. The security guard takes out his baton. I think it's time for you to leave the premises. Several customers watch. Somebody needs to call the police. I'll be damned. Robert doesn't look at them. The salesman doesn't move, and his manager holds the phone receiver like he's about to call the police. Robert swallows his pride and walks away. Straight. Robert sits at the bus stop. He notices all the signs in the different storefronts. No colored toilet. Colored drinking fountain. Whites only. A white woman walks up and stands next to him. He gets up and gives her his seat on the bench. The bus arrives. A white woman gets on. Robert gets on behind her. Bus. All of the seats are empty. But Robert still walks to the back of the bus. He passes a sign that says, Negroes, to the back of the bus. Robert flops down in his seat. As the bus goes down the street, he sees. An older black man in his 60s shines a white man's shoes. A police officer writes a black man a ticket. A black maid walks a little white girl down the street. The bus stops. Robert gets off. Robert stands in front of the gnarly old tree where they hanged his brother 20 years ago. The tree leans over a little more, and it looks like it soon will collapse under its own weight. There are a few leaves on it. Robert stares at it like he can see his brother swinging from it. It's always going to be like this, ain't it? Robert starts to cry a little bit. Before long, he sobs. Openly. <sighs> too much to carry. It's just too much. McCray House. Leona is in the living room waiting for Robert. The clock says 10.15 p.m. 
Baby, where have you been? I've, I've been calling and looking for you every place. Oh, hey, baby. I, I stopped at John's. I lost track of time. Leona stares at him. Hmm. Dinner's still waiting for me? Yes, in there. Robert starts for the kitchen. Leona follows. Kids okay? Everybody's asleep. They tried to stay up and wait for you. Kitchen. Robert grabs his dinner off the stove and walks back. Living room. Robert slumps down in his chair and begins to eat his food. What's going on, Bobby? He won't look at her. Same as every other day. Still black in this Jim Crow South. Joshua went over to see that girl's mother. Her mama told him to come back when he can tell her why she should let him take her daughter out. I hope she don't think her daughter's too good for Josh. Her ass is just as black as his. She's just doing what parents do. My daddy did the same thing to you. Yeah, your daddy did it. Not your mama. Why is this woman putting my boy through it? She's just trying to see if the boy is willing to court her daughter the right way. That's all. It's no big deal. It's a big deal. Okay, Bobby, why is it a big deal? His whole life he's going to be running faster and jumping higher. Yes, son, and no mammon to put food on the table. Sitting in the back of the bus. Now he has to do it to date the damn girl next door. What are you talking about? The boy is only 16. 16 or 66. He's still black. Baby, what is going on with you? The train goes by in the distance. The sound transfixes him for just a few seconds before he and Leona lock eyes. I'm going to bed. Robert and Leona's bedroom. It's 4.59 a.m. Leona is fast asleep, and Robert is wide awake. When the clock turns to 5 a.m., he climbs out of bed. Living room. Robert is in his overalls with his pickaxe. He picks up his old lunchbox and walks outside. At daybreak, Robert heads down an unpaved dirt road with his lunchbox in hand. Hours later, the sun burns down on black men as shovels and pickaxes break the ground. Robert is dirty and sweaty as he pounds his axe into the ground over and over. He pauses and wipes his brow and goes back to working. At lunch, he opens his old lunchbox and finds a single sandwich and an apple. He doesn't eat it. Instead, he tosses it back into his lunchbox and closes it. After work, he walks out of the quarry in a long line of men. Each one is given an envelope for the work they completed. House. Leona and Robert are at the kitchen table. They have laid all the bills out and are putting money in the envelopes. Went up on the light bill. They're always going up on something. But we can't walk around in the dark, baby. Man ain't never shut anything off in this house. Leona looks at Robert like he forgot something. Well? Robert takes out an envelope and tosses it on the table. Leona doesn't take her eyes off him as the envelope just lays on the table. They shorted you, didn't they? Fifteen dollars. 
$15. We can't afford to be in the hole no $15. What did he say? He ain't said nothing. What do you mean he ain't say nothing? The man didn't pay you your wages and he didn't give you a reason? He ain't got to give me no reason. Did you ask him for one? Robert doesn't answer. Damn it, Bobby. I can't afford to lose my job, Leona. That doesn't mean you have to just stand there and let him not pay you. I didn't... I didn't just stand there. What'd you do then? I'm lucky I got that. Some guys didn't get nothing. So what am I supposed to tell them down at the electric company? How lucky we are. Well, how much did you make? Hmm? I don't see you bringing in much more. My money is on the table. I got all my wages right here. The man already fired two people this week. <laughs> fire you? Hell, he ain't about to fire you. He wants workers like you. A damn slave. I'm telling you. I ain't in the mood. Now you better leave me alone, Leona. He stares her down for a few seconds, but she doesn't turn away. Robert walks away. Is that supposed to scare me or something? I told you what happened now. It wasn't my fault. Living room. Robert enters. Leona is right behind him. You ain't about to be walking around here not pulling your weight. Now listen here, Leona. I'm not in the mood. Then damn it, get in the mood. Robert still doesn't look at her. The train whistles again. Leona cocks her head, waiting for a response. What is it now? You're taken with that train whistle. Woman, what are you talking about now? Don't try to lie, Bobby. I saw it all over your face at breakfast on Saturday. Don't think I don't know. Know what, Leona? I like the sound of that train whistle, okay? That don't mean nothing. That's the same damn train these men jump on when they leave their wife and kids and head out of town. Every black woman in Dernier knows all about the leaving train. Robert starts to walk away. Woman, have you lost your mind? I'm not the one been walking around here in a bad mood all week. Can't give nobody a straight answer. Robert turns away from her to hide his emotions. I got my reasons. Don't look away from me again, Bobby. Look me in the eye and talk to me. You know what I do every day? I leave this house and I go out there and I say, yes, sir, boss. No, sir, ma'am. Just to put food on the table. Robert grabs the Grandma Maddie bottle. And this right here is what they think of us. Either we some wise-cracking, happy-go-lucky fat old mammy in a scarf, washing and cooking, or an ashy old Uncle Remus with big-ass red lips and a wide smile just happy to have a piece of watermelon. Robert throws the bottle. It shatters against the wall. You've lost your damn mind. You know what it feels like? It feels like I started the day with a hundred-pound sack of flour on my shoulder. And I'm walking uphill every step I take. Somebody is tossing another pound on top. Then when I get to the top, somebody is waiting there to ask me, what took your black ass so long, boy? Next time, move faster, boy. All that, all that, and still, still I can't even buy a TV for my daughter. I can't give my family anything. I hear that train. 
And I think I could go off that on that road someplace and send money home and it'd be better for you. Robert sinks down to his knees. Bobby, he continues to cry. <laughs> Bobby, stand up. Robert wipes his face off and gets to his feet. Leona hugs him. <laughs> it's okay, baby. It's okay. Now you listen, and you listen good. I know it's hard out there, but don't you ever talk about leaving this family again. Leona reaches up and takes a teacup off the shelf and takes some money out of it. She cups the money in his hand and kisses him on the cheek. Mm. You go buy that TV. Leona leans in closer and whispers in his ear. Don't you ever, and I mean ever, let me see you on your knees like that again. Robert shakes his head. Leona leaves the kitchen. Johnson Department Store. Robert walks into the store. He has a little strut in his gait. This time, he's not bothered by the stares of the white patrons. Electronics department. Robert walks over to the color television. The customers stare at him again. The security guard sees him and sighs. What do you want this time? A new refrigerator? Maybe a washer and dryer? You take your black ass out of here before I call the police. Robert sees the salesman. Robert flashes the money and then slams it down on the counter. That's $45. I want my TV. The salesman looks over his shoulder. His manager watches him. <clears throat> Sir, there's also a $5 delivery fee. Don't need no delivery. I got a company truck right outside. Just a, uh, a moment, sir. See that sign up there? The salesman looks at the offending sign. We serve colored people. Now get me my colored TV, the Magnavox. Robert smiles. The salesman returns with the TV set. Robert puts the big box on a cart, pushing it towards the exit. McCray House. Robert and Lincoln work feverishly in the living room to get a signal on the television. The rest of the family sits on the couch excited, but the only thing on the screen is static. Robert is in the back of the television connecting their rabbit ears. Hurry, Daddy, come on! I think I got it. Finally, the picture comes through the static. At first, it's fuzzy, and then it finally clears up. Anger? You got it! Come on! Come on! Robert and Lincoln race back to the couch. And that's our story tonight on uh, Leave It to Why is it in black and white? They don't film our shows in color yet. Mmm. Isn't this something? Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> Thank you, Daddy. She kisses Robert on the cheek. Robert sits back proudly. Leona smiles at him as the family watches the television.